This is my instant reaction for... Nope. I'm not alone this time, so the rambling will be twofold. I'm here with the Lady Juan, <laughs> the the host of a show called Screen Run, which will be making its Dromfort return some point before the end of this year. Uh, Lord willing, in the creek don't rise. <laughs> so it's exciting. They're slowly revealing on Twitter what their content's going to be about uh, for this upcoming season. And uh, so follow them at Screen Run or their website, screenrun.fun. I got your plug in for you. Thank you. Yeah. I've been, <laughs> I've just been recording so many podcasts. I'm tired of other people's plugs. I'm just going to do them up front. I'm just be like, I don't want to hear about you by the end of this. <laughs> Well, thank you for putting me first. The joys of podcasting. <laughs> Don't you just get tired of fucking people every once in a while? <laughs> no, no, I love them. Oh, you're full of shit. <laughs> when it comes to podcasting, it, like, you just get fucking sick of it. You know what I think I'm really fucking sick of? And this is going to transition <laughs> into... This will be non-spoilers up front, and I'm going to try to keep it as vague as possible and then spoilers in the back end. And then um, it, during this spoiler portion, it's going to be no holds bar, baby. So we're talking about absolutely everything, which will completely ruin your experience of this film. Don't <laughs> listen to anything that we say after the spoiler portion. Um, and then I'll have an exciting announcement during that spoiler portion, um, which then I now I just tempted the people who... Don't want to be spoiled. Whatever. Um, you know what it is, I think? I don't think I'm sick of people per se. Mm -hmm. I think I'm sick of the, quote, discourse, end quote. <laughs> I, you know, I've seen people bitch about film Twitter for a long time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I must be in some kind of a heavenly bubble where I, I'm not seeing this sort of stuff. I think the corrosive effects of social media have found their way into several accounts that I do follow now. <laughs> and I'm just fucking sick of their opinions because it seems like, it seems like the people are disillusioned with movies. Yeah. And rather than just stop watching movies and talking about movies and talking about movies and podcasting about movies and bitching yeah. about movies, they yeah. just, they just podcast more. Yeah. If you don't like movies, don't have a movie podcast and don't don't release it several times a week plus a Patreon. <laughs> like why are like like why are you doing that to yourself? Stop hitting yourself. Yeah, and why are you doing it to the rest of us? <laughs> yeah. Just stop fucking talking about it. I I I went on a Twitter rant about it, but I don't really cover cover the Marvel movies on this show anymore. Okay? And I was supposed to do the most recent Thor, which is but I was fine. supposed to do it. It's fine. Uh, I was supposed to do it for another podcast. It didn't work out, and which is fine. I was not going to do it for this show whatsoever. And um, because I, I've covered them. I, I've said everything I need to say about Marvel, I feel like, at this point. So maybe in, you know, if, if I'm still doing this a few years from now, after a rest period, or if there are major changes to the way that they do movies, or if there's a stunning collapse of their box office mm -hmm. dominance, then maybe I'll have new things to talk about. Mm -hmm. But to wake up every day of my life and to talk about the same 
fucking things that I don't like or that I don't think are good enough or that leave me like, well, oh, it could have been so good because there's this run and there's this. They could have done this with that character. It's fucking exhausting. Yeah. And I say all that as a preamble because I tweeted, I am already pre-exhausted by the nope discourse. <laughs> and now I'm putting a podcast out about it. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert for my opinion, I really like this movie. Yeah. And it's almost worse now to really like movies. Because I think more or less we've been in an unprecedented run that I don't think we've seen since maybe the 90s of intellectual property films or like that feel like movies used to. And I like my starting point is like basically from like Ghostbusters Afterlife forward. They've been getting a lot of this shit right. Mm. You know, for every Morbius and Jurassic Park <laughs> Dominion, you're getting Top Gun Maverick. You're getting Ghostbusters Afterlife. You're getting, you know, you're getting everywhere, everything all at once. You're getting um, this movie. Like, so you're getting a combination of completely original stuff from a completely original filmmakers and mm-hmm. pretty good temple IP legacy sequels, like actual good ones with real characters and somebody like that loves these things as much as we do are writing them. <laughs> they were allowed to be made, which has yeah. always been our complaint. And yeah. now when we're in the sweet spot, if you're still bitching, you just are a fucking loser at this point. <laughs> Get the fuck off the internet. Get the fuck off the internet. Oh, you have some unfollowing to do, sir. I, you know, I've just been <laughs> muting. I've been muting. I, mean, yeah. I don't follow that many people to begin with. And I'm like, what yeah. the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> You're going to too many press screenings. You're going to too many fucking film festivals. You're watching 500 movies in a weekend. And you're going, ah, this doesn't do anything for me. Well, get out of the business. Yeah. Get out. You're adding <laughs> nothing. You're adding nothing. If you don't love movies anymore, get a new fucking job. And here's a sp- here's a real you shoot in the wrestling parlance. Most of you ain't making any money doing this anyways. <laughs> you're, you're paying to put your opinion out there. Mm. It's a fucking hobby. You got nothing more than a goddamn CB radio. Fucking hang it up. Now that's <laughs> that is my like disclaimer. For nope, because I like this movie and I will not be engaging on Twitter about it. If you want to know my fucking thoughts, listen to this instant reaction and uh, an upcoming appearance I'll talk about in the spoiler section. And maybe you'll put it on Letterboxd? Yeah, but I'm not going to fucking talk to you about it. If I put a star rating up and you're like, ah, I'm not fucking talking to you about it. I don't give a shit about your what your opinion is. It's my opinion of what that I enjoyed this movie. And I don't give a shit. You're, you're entitled to your opinion, but it seems as if people, they only exist now to tell other people that they're wrong for liking things. And that's not film criticism. You're not reviewing movies. You're not critiquing movies. You're just a party pooper. After <laughs> <laughs> all that strong language, you're just a party pooper. <laughs> but it's true. You're just, just a you're wet just, blanket. Yeah, you just get off on, on taking people's joy away. And that doesn't yeah. that is that doesn't make you smart. It just makes you an asshole. Yeah, stop being a Debbie Downer. Yeah, get the or get the fuck out of the way. Let people that like shit talk about shit. 
So, um, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel better? Oh, I got more in me, but I know we got to be productive. I know. I know. <laughs> so, um, so I'm trying to be as, let's be as vague as possible in the upfront. Yeah. Um, the first portion of this movie is something that I like about certain movies, but it could go real bad real quick. And it's, and I say half, I don't know if it's actually half, but just the first portion of it, what feels like the first half, give or take five or 10 minutes, um, is set up. It's introduction of characters. It's setting up of this world. It's set up of relationships. It's set up. Of, and it's at a certain point, it's literally just watching our characters put into motion and set up the things that they're trying to do. So it's mm -hmm. as Jordan Peele is setting things up, his characters are setting things up. Yeah. And what I like about those movies is when they're done well, then usually roughly your second half of the movie or at the very least the third act of the film, like heist movies are really good at this uh, when they're done well. Um, it's all about the execution of what the director and what the characters in the film have set up. Yeah. And that's where your payoff is. And when it's done excellently, it makes the whole experience worthwhile. And this, I think, is done very excellently. I think this movie really opens up in the second half mm. and is... It's a completely original movie all the way through. There's touchstones of this and that, but it's a very, very, very original setting, place, characters, context, plot, premise, themes, everything. Yeah. Um, so, but I think Peel as a director really opens up. I think we see a lot from him in the second mm -hmm. half of this movie we've never seen before. And he does fantastic with it. He does, it it's, yeah. there's, there's a particular shot, as all I'll say, where there's a character and there's music. There's this droning music. And there's this something in the foreground. And there's fog. And it's nighttime. And I was like, this is, this is incredible. This is incredible <laughs> filmmaking. Yeah. This yeah. is incredible filmmaking. I think with Get Out, which is obviously a fantastic film, Us, yeah. which is divided, but I liked it. Not quite as good of a follow-up, but it, but it's a good. I think it's a good movie. Mm -hmm. um, as long as you accept its premise, because it doesn't make any sense at all. It's no, not, yeah, it just, falls apart as soon as they start explaining it. Yeah, <laughs> but I Fine think enough. this is the one where his writing really shined. Not to say he wasn't a good director, but his writing is like, oh wow, the writing, the writing, the writing. Whereas I feel like this one, my takeaway is the writing is there, but the direction is yeah. at a whole different level. And it's fantastic. I, I realized at one point that my mouth had just been hanging open for probably a good 20 minutes. And I just said <laughs> to like, just close it quietly. <laughs> like it was just, I was in awe of what I was watching. I saw it on IMAX, like see it yeah. on IMAX. I saw it in Cinemark XD, which is Cinemark's knockoff IMAX. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, I, you definitely you want to see this huge. As big as, as, big as possible. possible. Now, for, as far as touchstones, like, there's a little Close Encounters. There's a lot of Spielberg, I would say, like early yeah. Spielberg, the uh -huh. one that we all like. Yeah. The, um, and there's a little Tremors in this. Did you pick up how much 
Tremors was in this. I was like, especially towards the end, I'm like, this is fucking Tremors, but not I like a ripoff. It. It's its own thing. But I'm like, yeah. it's got a little bit of the spirit of Tremors in it. Yeah, I think in thinking about like spoiler free and thinking about the things that he does in this and in and in his other movies too, he does a good job of sort of like it's not an homage to things. It's no. not a ripoff. It's not a reinterpretation. I don't even know how to explain what the word is for what he's doing, where it's just sort of like this subconscious communication of like, I also love this thing you love. Yes. And it's, I don't know what the word is for that, but that is what he does so well. And it's happening big time in this movie. Well, I think that was like with us, right? It's like the whole time it's like, I think we've talked, you and I have talked about this before. I don't remember if it was on a podcast or after we had done with a podcast, we were just talking. Um, but we, we talked about how like Jordan Peele is one of those directors who seems like you just said, almost to be able to like subconsciously talk to you while his movie's yeah. going on and not yeah. so much like, you know, like a director. Yeah. Movies have subtext and, and things like that. And you can like, Oh, okay. I'm picking up what the writer or director or whoever is like putting down. This is yeah. different. It's almost as if there's like a running Jordan Peele commentary track. Yeah. But it's at like a telepathic level. Yeah, it's and like I don't know how he visual, yeah. subconscious commentary. And it's just, and I don't feel like it's about, and this is my interpretation, but I don't feel like it's about understanding a meaning of something so no. much as it's just like the feeling. And yes. ag again, it's like, I love this thing. You love yeah. this thing. You saw it because you love it. And I put it in there because I love it. And if yeah. you don't love it, you didn't see it. And it didn't have any effect on you. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, I, that sounds so weird to say, but that's the best way I can explain what I receive from watching his movies. Yeah. Right. And I think this one, if you're, I would say this, I think if you're, there is a theme he has been very upfront in the press for this movie, basically saying, don't go in expecting get out or us stuff. I'm not doing that. I'm doing something different. Mm -hmm. So it's not a commentary. Like he flat out said, it's not a commentary on race. There's commentary elements in there, but it's not about race. It's about, I got other ideas I'm working with. Yeah. And I think that's part of him, like not wanting to be pigeonholed and, Shyamalan where we're just mm -hmm. kind of, okay where's the hook where's the twist that's like the moral lesson you know like he doesn't want to be like become even though he did a very shitty remake of the Twilight Zone <laughs> he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to do like Twilight Zone movies where you're just sitting there and I, yeah. I think why the second half worked much better for me is unfortunately the first trailer or teaser they put out was fantastic showed you pretty much nothing and then like everything else they showed you more and more and more and more and I won't get into it. I'll talk about it in a spoiler section, but it gave me just enough for my brain to connect some dots. I was like, oh, okay. And then it kind of more or less played out the way that I thought it was going to. And so that, therefore like that first half, I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. I kind of know where this is going though. Like I know what we're going to get to. Let's just get to that part. Um, but then there's also some really, really weird, <laughs> completely Jordan Peele, Key and Peel esque <laughs> stuff that's put in that could easily have been a very dark comedic bit on Key and Peel. Yeah. 
but yeah. it isn't. It's not played funny at all. It's actually very yeah. disturbing. I'm uh-huh. like, what the fuck? And, <laughs> and that is where it's like this guy is is thinking of things, creating stories, creating characters unlike anything that we've ever seen before. Yeah. 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 And we'll get into that in the whatever <laughs> because I have questions that don't really matter, but I want to see if you have answers. Okay. Um, the other thing that works about this movie is you've got two really strong lead actors playing yeah. M and OJ. Um, and the temptation to throw in another character and be like, and this one's the... I don't want to say it's like, it's honestly, it's almost like the Roland Emmerich, like, and this one's a conspiracy theorist. And he's good, and, and like Moonfall, right? And yeah. he's going to be the comic relief, but he's going to be right. Yeah. That character is in this movie and is completely not annoying at all. Yeah. And he somehow takes that character and manages to make him an integral part of the story mm-hmm. that you are caring about this guy's welfare. And he never comes off as like a Independence Day moonfall level caricature. He comes yeah. off as like a real guy. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a masterstroke that, and also I think he was needed in this movie. Cause as I was like, Oh God, this, I was like a little bit, I was like, <laughs> Oh God. But what I realized what it did is, Kiki Palmer, it, her person, her character, M, yeah, is a lot. <laughs> yeah. She's a lot. Kiki Palmer is always a lot. And honestly, if you didn't have him in there, it'd be too much. She'd be real fucking annoying. If this was just about the this brother's sister, they don't really, they're do, too different. They kind of, they love each other, but they don't get along. It's fuck you, fuck you. And that's all it was for the first hour. It would be grating. And I yeah, think, again, that's where Peel is an expert writer. Where he's like, I'm going to write this character, but if I just, if it's just the two of them, you're going to fucking hate her. Because <laughs> you're naturally yeah. going to side with the guy who's like, you're naturally going to side with OJ, I think. If yeah. it's just about the differences between them, you're going to be like, this fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's here dealing with some real shit. Right. And she's just like, just as a fuck up. But when you introduce him into the mix and then kind of make them a trio. Yeah. Like unofficially, they're kind of, end up kind of being a trio. And then you add another character in. Um, I think it works. I think that that <laughs> whole dynamic really works and and he he's just perfectly balanced the elements and the characters and you don't get too much of one thing or another he's created a real nice ensemble movie yeah definitely and the opposite could have happened where you could have been like this is the kiki palmer show i love this character why are you keep shoehorning this guy i don't give a shit about it because a lot of movies will do that too where it's like why do we keep coming back to this guy the, the angel. Why do we keep coming, you know, coming back to Angel? I don't give mm-hmm. a fuck about that guy. <laughs> he manages to give help you give a fuck about that guy. You give a fuck about him. So, yeah, I he he somehow has he's somehow avoided a lot of major pitfalls that this sort of movie typically doesn't avoid. 
Yeah. Did you? For those um, that have, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Did Did your viewing have the interview beforehand? The live interview? No. <gasps> oh, I feel fancy. Okay. That's an so, IMAX thing. Well, I mean, I you were in Bobo IMAX. It could have happened. Uh, so the introduction was Jordan Peele and Kiki Palmer, like live talking to each other. Uh, they went way over on time. It was, it was, it was a great setup for it. Uh, he prefaced everything by being like, um, I like fucking people up. This is a fucked up movie. <laughs> like He was very straight up in it. And uh, that helped helps me get even more nervous than I was going into watching it. Um, but then he also talked about that he was, um, they were premiering it in like the theater he grew up going to and he got so choked up and it was really sweet that he was just like, I made this movie cause I wanted to make a movie that was like a cinematic experience, like a huge spectacle and that's what I was trying to do. And I'm putting it on the screen that I grew up watching. Like it was, it was a really cool thing to see. Yeah. You say it's a fucked up movie. He says it's a fucked up movie. I think if my caveat to that is, I think if you're going in and, and expecting this to be a, like a horror movie, that's not really what it is. Um, It's really hard to categorize. I think it's, and I almost don't want to do it because I think it would give too much away, but it's, if you're expecting, I don't know, but I think if you're expecting like, I would say it's tense, not necessarily scary. Okay. Did you find it scary? Uh, I mean, yeah, I jumped a few times. I'm trying to, I don't know. Maybe I have a statement I want to make, but maybe I'll wait till we get into spoilers. Yeah. Um, I think conceptually there's an idea in this movie that is very tense and, and kind of horrific, but it's not, I I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't categorize this as a horror film in a traditional sense. I I would even say, I think like get out is get out psychological horror. Yeah. And this is almost more of like a action thriller. With some, with some scary or it was some intense elements added in. Yeah, yeah. I I that's, cannot comment further until we're into the spoilers. <laughs> so you just keep talking. Yeah, that's how I would put it. <laughs> so, uh, it's a strong recommend for me. I would say go to the theater and see it. I would say stay out of the fuck off Twitter and avoid the discourse around this. I do feel like I I already knew. I just I felt it in my spirit. I was like, this is going to be divisive. I'm already seeing some, like, this movie's no good. I'm like, oh, God. So uh, it's it's probably going to split audiences. I will say there was a group of Zoomers in front of me. They all, it was probably about 15 of them. Took up a long row. A couple of them said they fell asleep. And their conversation afterwards was all about how um, they didn't like the movie. So maybe it's also Jordan Peele as a filmmaker who's basically my age. And that's why I understand where he's coming from. Cause we consume the same television. We, we both ate up family matters. 
you know, you know, we were both yeah. watching a lot of TGIF. Yeah. And so that's obviously like a lot of the things that have influenced Peel have influenced you and I. Right. So maybe that's why we understand him. And maybe a younger audience is like, what the fuck? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. the main thing that they kept complaining about was I thought it was going to be a lot more like horror than it was. And I didn't go into it expecting it to be a horror movie because the trailer fairly gives away what it is. Uh, fairly, like they show too much eventually. And and you kind of get a sense of what it's going to be. And um, if, if like if you're going in and expecting to be like some kind of like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but like, I don't know. They don't make slashers anymore, but I don't know what the fuck <laughs> you were, what these people were expecting. Mm. So I think sane people of a certain age will probably really like it. And I think, uh, I would say, uh, I know he can be kind of divisive. A lot of people didn't really like us. I see a lot of the people who maybe didn't like us not liking this one too. So, but I don't listen to those people. Go see this movie and enjoy it. <laughs> They're wrong. Yeah. Go see it. For sure. Go see it. <laughs> All right. See we got to get to spoilers because Lady yes. One's got nothing. She's uncomfortable. So we got to get to spoilers. <laughs> On the other side of this, we'll be in spoilers. So turn back now, ye mortals in despair. Looking for even more unique and creative movie content? Become a patron. Choose between three levels and you'll get benefits like a personalized membership card, exclusive shows, early instant reactions to new releases, episode voting power, live streams, and more. Join today. Patreon.com slash binge movies. All right, binge lords, it's spoiler time. <laughs> the thing that I figured out, Lady Wan, was I figured out that it was not actually going to be a UFO, that it was going to be, because to me, here's how I got to it. I was like, nope has a double meaning, which is you're going to go in, I'm like, oh, this motherfucker. You're going to go in thinking it's a UFO movie. In fact, the movie is going to make you think it's a UFO movie, but nope, it's a, it is a Jaws movie. It's an animal movie. It's a man yeah. versus nature movie. Yeah. Um, and so it is this alien creature, presumably alien, that appears mostly in the shape of a what we would think of as a UFO. And I guess it really is an unidentified flying object, but it's a, yeah. really an unidentified flying organism. Mm -hmm. And it does seem to me that it was just he made the Purple People Eater movie <laughs> and then just completely tipped his hand and was like, this is what this is. I didn't like, I just, I, I those, those words from that song stuck out in my head. And I was like, what if I made a movie about a flying creature that ate people? Yeah. I, but, I mean, <laughs> why not? Yeah. So that's, that's what I wanted to say about like what genre this movie is. Because if you, and, and I, I'm not saying I, do or don't, if you are a person who believes that Jaws is a horror movie, then this is a horror movie. Yes, um, there you it's, go. It's the same yep. thing. And there's there's always going to be, not to make you all mad again, but uh, there's always going to be a Twitter argument about whether or not Jaws is a horror movie. Yeah, um, right. But it's it's that kind of thing. Like, it is... It is a monster movie. It is yeah. a... And he actually kind of said that in the set up during the IMAX thing. He said, like, you know, it's a monster movie. And to me, I took that as, okay, there are monsters in the UFO because I was still just, like, ready to accept all of this. So it didn't make me feel like he told me what it was. Yeah. But, 
like there was a later point in the IMAX setup where he was like, I mean, they really kind of screwed us by having us talk about this before they see the movie. <laughs> and it's like, we got to stop. Um, yeah, they should have been afterwards. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's a monster movie. And like you said, uh, it's, it really gets super, super intense and exciting as we're doing basically, you know, the setup to trap and get the monster. Uh, like, that's that's the setup that really kind of brings all the team together it it takes so much advantage of like wild visuals like it's yes. it's it's so cool how it's shot and like even having seen bits of this trailer for so long it's still like so cool to watch just the little car salesman things just drop and drop yeah. and drop as yeah. it goes across i'm just like holy shit this is so cool to look yeah. at like it's ah again. That's my that mouth portion is of the open. movie where I got those tremors vibes, where it's like it reminded me of like we we got to get this lawnmower, we got to send it out there because we got to draw them yeah. off to this point, and then yeah. we can follow them by doing this. And it's also yeah, yeah. it's the it's like out in this remote part in the desert, and whatever. Yeah. And there's horses and cowboys, and but there's definitely like a little there's a little bit of like it's jaws in the sky, it's tremors in the sky, yeah, it's. You think it's one thing, but it's really just something natural. There's a little bit of that. Um, I thought, um, what, what was it? It, it? Basically, if you really want the full breakdown, here's more or less what it is. Uh, OJ is, is uh, basically our main character. He owns, he becomes the owner of the Haywood Hollywood Horse Wrangler Ranch. And basically, they train stunt horses for movies and they've been doing this for generations and the business is down on its luck and they're in this remote Valley in California and weird shit starts to happen in this Valley. And his, it's not really a strange, but definitely his like wayward sister kind of, you know, <laughs> um, comes back into the, to the forefront of his life. Um, Seemingly because she's just kind of a bum and wants trying to figure out what kind of money she'd get. And her motives are kind of unclear. Mm -hmm. And um, he's not really having it. He He's just like, get the, just get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't have, he legitimately does not have time for her bullshit. Yeah. And they end up on a film set for a commercial with Michael Wincott, who I have not seen in a great many years, who is fantastic in this movie. And he plays a direct commercial director and cinematographer. And what they discover is some we real weird shit continues to happen is that there is something in the sky and they are financially hard up and they want to take a picture or a video of it uh, to then be able to sell it and make money to be able to save their dad's ranch and to save their family legacy. Basically, that's it. And then the only problem is that this thing, whatever this UFO is, seems to have like an EMP electromagnetic field kind of quality to it, which mm -hmm. means it kills everything electric that it's immediately around, which means it's, you can't record it. And so it's a slow unfolding of them trying to figure out how to get photographic or video evidence of this with a motley crew. Eventually it's a guy from like the geek squad angel who joins them. <laughs> uh, and eventually Michael Wincott does show back up into the movies that pays off. Yeah, and because they and they need a world class cinematographer because they, they try a bunch of shit, it doesn't work, and it gets real dangerous, and it gets really, really, 
intense and they're trying to do all this while not dying and also like not getting other people killed and not getting their horses killed and uh and as they keep doing it, they keep pissing this thing off more and more and more. <laughs> and eventually, like, Jaws, it's just, like, it's just fucking out to get them. Yeah. And it seems to have a kind of, a like, an animalistic kind of rules to it. How it And then it just gets so pissed, it just, just starts destroying this fucking valley. <laughs> and um, some really horrific stuff happens. Steven Yoon shows up as this, I swear to God, this is 100% real, a... Basically a TGIF, without saying it, child yeah. star of yeah. a sitcom called Kid Sheriff. That then <laughs> he was the breakout star of it, kind of like Urkel, got his own series, uh, which was, or which one came first? Was it the Gordy one that came first and then he got the, Kid Sheriff? I think the Sheriff was first. Yeah. So then yeah. he got his own show where he was a star with a monkey, a chimp. <laughs> And it was, what was it called, like, Gordy in the House? What was it called? Oh, God, I already forgot. It's something like that. It was something like Gordy yeah. in the House or something like that. And it was, it was very, very much a, like a 90s TGIF sitcom. Oh, yeah. And something goes haywire, and that chimpanzee goes nuts. And on the set, starts eating and ripping the faces and genitals off of people and going absolutely fucking berserk. That's what they do they rip your genitals off first and then they rip your face off. He carefully cuts around it, but it's based. I did know this because there was that lady who really got her face ripped off by yeah. a chimp. And that's what he put that in this movie. And so yeah. he kills the whole cast. Um, well, and not, except, not well, everyone. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah. He almost kills everybody. And, but he leaves Stephen Yoon's character basically because he doesn't know where he is. And then the movie seems to feign as if the chimp is trying to explain to him what happened. Did you pick up on that? When he's like, he's like, it seems like the chimp is confused as yeah. to what happened. And he's like touching the mom's feet, like trying to get her to wake up. And then he walks well, over and he like tries to, he's like signing. He's like trying to explain to himself. And then he does yeah. the fist bump and then he gets his head blown off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he doesn't, well, Steven Yoon, he survives it, but then so does the, the girl because she's the one who's at the show and she's yes. got half a face. Yeah, um, she's mauled, yeah. Like, that's... Uh, as soon as the the chimp thing starts to happen, I was like, oh, that's why that woman is in the trailer, <laughs> okay? So well, we're going to see her later. Yeah, well, the chimp thing is how the movie opens, kind of. It, and then, like, it cuts yes. back to it throughout the film. Yeah. And the film is divided up into almost, like, small vignettes, like acts, almost. But not mm -hmm. even really act, like vignettes. And then yeah. all the vignettes are kind of named after a horse or something, some kind of animal, uh, mm -hmm. which is your giveaway that this thing is an animal. Yeah. Uh, and it's basically the idea of, there's a couple of themes working in here. Um, it's basically the idea of you can't actually train animals. You mm -hmm. can only like cooperate with them. That's like yeah. the thing with the horse where he's like, this is a well-trained horse, but if you do this and this, the horse is going to react violently, right? Right. You look at it in its eye, you get behind it. It's, it's yeah. you know, it's going to go there berserk. There are rules. There are rules. Same thing with the chimp. Now, mm -hmm. I don't know if you noticed, 
But there is some kind of electrical disturbance when the chimp goes nuts. I don't know if you noticed that. So, um, I mean, I didn't notice anything beyond the balloons. The working speculation is that this is when this, at some point, this creature set this creature entered our atmosphere in the 90s and that's what set gordy off i'm gonna call bullshit on that because all the set lights are on i would agree yes <laughs> i think it's just that the balloons floated up to the hot set lights scared and they him. popped and it scared the shit out of him and it keeps happening because multiple balloons keep floating up there yes. so anytime he's about to settle down it happens again and that's his fight or flight response and his response is fight Yes. And he doesn't know that he's not, honestly, he doesn't know that he's not being shot at. And then he does eventually get shot. Yes. So, you know, I think it's like, it's. I'm not going to say it's a reasonable response that this, you know, fictional monkey had or chimp had. Yeah. But like that, it seems to me like it's a clear indication of like people not thinking it through. The yes. balloons float up and set him off because it is an arrangement you have and there are rules and you can't. Shot, you can't put a mirror in a horse's face. You can't pop balloons around a chimp. Yeah. There's rules. Well, the other thing I thought was really interesting about that scene is that, if, I mean, we don't see all of it, but there seems to be no animal handler. Yeah. There's absolutely yeah. nobody with, with like, managing this chimp. It seemed to me that they just had a fucking wild, like, a trained chimp on the set, and mm -hmm. that person fucking took off. Or they're they they weren't doing something right to begin with, right? And because mm -hmm. he, uh, you know, the Kalui has a line of like, that's why they can't have live chips on sets like that anymore, something yeah. like that. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, some, something was. It, it, it was obviously a very mismanaged sort of situation, and it was a powder keg. And the other thing that seems that's running through it, and I wanted to get your because Peel is dark obviously he says even his comedy is dark yeah it's in the trailer you know the, the, which is true the first technically the first motion picture is a black jockey on a horse mm -hmm. and it's just a few frames and it's actually true that everybody remembers the name of the guy who filmed it but not the guy on the horse yeah and what's interesting is the way the movie ends is she takes the photograph she's in the center of the spectacle her brother's in the dust, and he's the guy on the horse. Yeah. And what's interesting is <laughs> he really is the lead of the movie all the way throughout until that scene where, and she's like bops in and out, whatever. But it really, when she gets on the bike, the film then follows her, and it's like, oh, this is like, it ends. It ends in the same way where she's the one that took the photograph, so it's going to be about her. The movie ends up becoming about her and the attention's going to go to her. And it's like, oh, I see. I, to me, I'm like, I see. I see what you're doing. It doesn't really, because that's Steven Yoon's character. It doesn't really matter what's happened to you or what you've done. It matters if you can put yourself at the center of the spectacle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because he, he, there was an interview with him before this where he, where he talked about what he wanted to make a movie was, what are the consequences of trying to profiteer off of spectacle? Mm -hmm. And that's to him the theme of what this movie is about. It's not he's that's yeah. what he's like it's not about race. It's about people who always have to put themselves at the forefront and create spectacles of themselves or manipulate yeah. spectacles for some kind of cheap stardom. 
and the people who get forgotten and the whole crowd, you know, that gets devoured, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is the, the most horrific, crazy intense. We go up inside of this creature yeah, and watch them be swallowed and digested as they scream yeah. and suffocate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, but, like that, that one lady got her face ripped off by a chimp as a child and then yes. gets swallowed up by some crazy Space thing shark. in the sky. Like, man, <laughs> she just, jellyfish. She, she can't catch a break. <laughs> It's definitely some kind of jellyfish, right? It's like a space jellyfish. It's, yeah, if it feels very jellyfish-esque. Especially um, when it completely blooms and opens when itself When it like up. comes apart. And it's, yeah. It, yeah, it's, yeah, it's wild. It's truly like a wild creature design. It was. It's like a space it, invertebrate. That's the best way to describe yeah. it. It's because it's like, yeah, it's just like a kite. It was really, really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was very cool. Um, yeah. And they all die because of his his desire for spectacle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he assumes that it's watching them. And like he calls it, the, he says that up there is the like the viewers. Is that what he says? The viewer, yeah, or them? something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So he basically, he thinks he's the center of attention. Yes. And they are the viewers. And it turns out that what gets you killed is looking at it. Yes. And it, that's that's it. Like it's if you keep your head down, if you keep focused on yourself and you stop looking at the spectacle, you'll yes. be okay. Yeah. And and that that's it. And that that is everything that OJ's character is like the first like the the first thing when we see him in the trailer and then like the the kind of big scene where where he's on the set and he's waiting for her because she's going to do the spiel. He will not look at anybody. He is like looking down. He does yep. not want to make eye contact with anyone. He is he is a head down kind of guy. He is not worried about anything, anything, any of this nonsense, any of this crazy stuff. He's like head down, do my shit. Well, and he's about to work, and he doesn't give a exactly. shit about he doesn't give a shit about Hollywood. He doesn't give a shit about all this fake bullshit. Right. This this old star that they bring out to be like, oh, you're here to do something funny with the horse. He didn't give a shit. He all he cares about is the horse and doing his job with the horse. And he's not here for anything else. Which is why by the end of the movie, he's forgotten. Because it's not the guy on the horse. It's not the people who do the work. It's the people who make the spectacle who get remembered. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And she's all spectacle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, then conversely, you have Michael Wincott's character, who his whole thing is basically like what he says is like, no one should be able to capture the impossible. Yeah. And he, so he's a guy that all he's done his entire life is capture spectacle, make spectacle, mm-hmm. film spectacle, capture spectacle. Yeah. And then so somehow he he has like this very nihilistic. revelation though because like his whole line to her is he says horse girl that's a dream you'll never wake up from right so his whole thing is like i know what you want because i was Mm -hmm. you and i'm Mm -hmm. at the top of the mountain and i got nothing i'm i'm dead i'm dead inside (laughs) (laughs) even the way he talks which is yes that's michael wincott but he but he takes it up a notch where it's like He's just, he's like dead inside, but he's at the top of his field. He's the guy. Yeah. He, he's captured the impossible shots. He's made his fortune. He's accomplished everything Kiki Palmer wants to accomplish. And it's, he's got no joy. 
Nothing. To the point that he voluntarily allows himself to be sucked up into this thing through the lens. Yeah. Knowing yeah. that footage is never going to be seen. It's just because <laughs> he, because it's the, it's, there's nothing left for him. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I mean by like you, cause it's like, oh, well on the surface, it's a, it's a happy ending because they got the shot. They're going to get the money. They're going to save the fit. I'm thinking, oh, that's, that's the antithesis of the actual point of this. It's like, yeah, you'll get the money. Right. You get the money, but like you're, you're literally he, her brother is left in the dust. Yes. On you a could barely see him. Barely you weren't wearing see that him. Bright orange Scorpion King hoodie. It was Scorpion <laughs> King crew hoodie. But yeah. you could barely see him. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's, and it was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. He's the I one that's like- been there. He's been in the family. He's been doing the work. He's been putting in yeah. the time. He's been fixing his stuff. He was at his dad's side. He was the faithful son. She's the prodigal. And she's going to get it all. Yeah. That I feel like sucks. <laughs> maybe I'm also kind of looking at this like maybe I'm maybe I'm forcing this, but this is the guy who was, you know, the breakout star of Jordan Peele's first movie. And now he's got his Oscar and it's like, we're going to move on to who else? Who is he going to blow up now? And maybe Kiki Palmer can finally blow up the way she should because she's incredible. But I feel like. I again, maybe I'm reading too much into it that he's like, okay, I can move on from Daniel now. We're we're going forward. <laughs> well, maybe, but I, I that's that's meta. So you I mean, don't agree? You don't have to well, maybe me. Just say I don't agree with that. Well, if I was David Ross, I go, hmm, interesting, interesting. Uh, but no, I, I'm saying that's a meta thing that could also be, but I think that it's he's more so tying up the. It's all built around that initial. And and not only that, it's like the meta aspect of it is he's he's making a Spielbergian kind of, but still being his own Jordan Peele thing film, kind of a like a summer blockbuster of the old school type, with predominantly, if not just you know two black leads, but. Like two black leads, a guy most people don't know, and Michael Wincott, who hasn't hasn't been been active, but has not been like in a movie this big in a long time. And so I he's like he's made a big old spectacle movie with people who don't normally get to be in spectacle movies. Mm. And I think that that's part of it too, because I mean the word spectacle appears multiple times in this movie, and then in his interview beforehand, he's like. Oh, I just wanted to make a spectacle movie. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like he's 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 allowing the people who would traditionally be the jockey in the footage to take the center frame. Uh mm-hmm. because that's his indictment of Hollywood. Is it hasn't changed. Mm. It's the mm-hmm. it's the guy behind the camera who gets the credit instead of the you know, people of color, basically. So and that's as much as he gets into it, really. But it's, yeah, it's it's really, really, it's very, very well done. Um, did you, I had this thought process. I'm like, okay, Universal made this. <laughs> They're opening a new theme park. There is no Twister ride, but there definitely could be a Nope ride. 
Um, did, did you, you stay? stay through the credits? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. I did. So if you didn't stay through the credits, what is at the end of the credits, Lady One? Uh, come ride through Jupiter's Claim, as seen in Nope at Universal Studios Hollywood, only on the world-famous studio tour. So that would be in the Hollywood one, right? That's not in yes. Orlando? Yeah. Yes. So I don't know if it's literally just, they just took the fucking, that set and shipped it out there. And we're like, you can just walk through Jupiter's claim and maybe there's like, <laughs> like Pepsi cups all over the place or whatever after the alien. But you could definitely do this where that fucking thing is hunting you. Oh my gosh. It was it, so much of why I love this movie was because it felt like I was watching different like interactive ride presentations like it was just like and here's where the little cyclone comes up which doesn't happen that many times in the movie but enough for me to be like oh man i missed that twister ride like <laughs> while i'm watching it um well it the, just, setup, it, the setup would be you'd go to see jupiter's whatever it's called the the claim jupiter's claim and then that like because it's always the same you're on a tour and something goes wrong and so you're there for the starlight lasso experience or something. And then that fucking thing comes after you. And then you're like yeah. having to like, you know, your tour guide's like, don't look at it. Don't look at it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would yeah. love, love to, to go on that, that ride experience. Um, yeah. What, it was, what's your, it was what's your cool. favorite sequence of this movie? Oh, oh my gosh. Honestly, it's, it's probably the the last kind of the bit at the end um, when she starts taking off on the bike and, you know, or she lets the huge balloon go and, and it's, you know, we're going to watch the demise of this creature. But it is like a close second with it attacking the, the show and <laughs> eating all of the tourists. Um, it's... It's the eating of the tourist, yeah, is great. To me, what steals this whole thing is when it's just hovering over the homestead, and because there's a, ra a natural mm. rainstorm and thunderstorm that's happening. Yeah, and this is just some genius level shit here because yeah. it's so big, it can like kind of block the rain. Yeah, over an area. But it's yeah. also the way it's shaped is it kind of, the rain kind of slopes off of it. So yeah. it like oddly sort of intensifies the rainfall out like right around it. Yeah, then, right on the edges. It's seemingly out of fucking spite. <laughs> it takes all of because the earlier they they basically they take a they steal like a, a cement cow kind of a thing, like a sculpture. It's and, a horse. Or house, horse, yeah. <laughs> and they tie a, uh, a bunch of flags like Back to the Future, which is a hundred percent where they got that. From. Totally. <laughs> um, and they stick it up. The, they they make it look like it's looking up in the sky, and then it comes and it eats it, and then it gets stuck in its windpipe. They say, which is basically what it does. Because when we go yeah. up in there, it's like just like stuck in there, and yeah. so it's pissed. Now it's pissed because it's got this fucking thing in its throat. Which I don't understand the anatomy of this thing at all. But anyway. Oh, it doesn't make any sense to me. That's fine. It then like just is like it eats. 
this entire like like tourist trap attraction that in fairness is scarcely populated there's not a ton of people there but it yeah. eats everybody sucks them up keeps them alive enough before it basically crushes them to allow the screams of about 50 to 100 people to be heard yeah. as it fucking hovers over this house <laughs> where Kiki Palmer and Angel are inside and yeah, then it as crushes it- them to death and then uh-huh. shits out yeah there so much blood all of the shit in their pockets anything it doesn't want to digest yes and then just starts a blood storm where it starts soaking the house in fucking blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It that I, watching that, I was like, this storm sounds exactly the same as the storms I sit through in my house night after night in the summer. <laughs> and thank you, Jordan Peel, for giving me a grown woman now a reason to be afraid of these <laughs> rainstorms. Because now all I'm gonna be able to think is there's a giant squid alien <laughs> vomiting blood on my house. A sky shark. <laughs> a sky shark. Yeah. And yeah, then, then that segues into Kalua trying to get back to the homestead, and he gets there, <laughs> and then it fucking he's he's not sure if it's there anymore, and it's like just like waiting for him to creep up, and then it is there, then it fucking pukes out that horse yeah. into the fucking windshield of the car, yeah, and is, and like to attack him basically, and then it goes real quiet and then he's looking around and he realizes like it's not raining on him it's raining around him Mm -hmm. and so he slowly opens his door and he looks up (laughs) and it's just fucking there looking at him and it makes it makes these god-awful noises too it's like pissed and it's like oh that freaked me the fuck out and then that's when he drops the nope (laughs) he shuts the door And then he has to sleep in there, and then he yeah. gets the Locks van. the door. This <laughs> angel was trying to get home, yeah. and, and he was like, oh, nope. And he got the fuck out of the car and ran back in the house, yeah. and which I was like, oh, thank God, don't kill this guy. Yeah. And then Corey Hart's I Wear My Sunglasses at Night, <laughs> but like a slow reverb version of it is playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Because this thing affects power, it, it like it's just it's a whole thing. But anyways, it slowly like starts to come back, and so like Kalua has to like basically has to like sulk around because he's not sure if it's how close it is or if it's gone or where it's at. And he's trying to get them the fuck out of the house, and then the song is just like slow, like a really disturbing, distorted, and that's when all the fog is around. Now the house yeah. is completely painted in blood. All the windows are covered in blood. They're trapped inside and they come out and that fucking thing comes roaring out of the clouds at them. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> That's creepy. It's creepy. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it alternates back and forth throughout the movie so much between like really, really creepy and just straight up like wild. Wild. Like, yes. It, I, I man. I I really loved it. I really did. <laughs> All right. So if we had to give uh, on these instant reactions, I've switched over to the letterbox version of scoring, which is five, and you get some half points. If you had to give this X amount of stars out of five, what would you give Jordan Peele's Nope? I'm giving it five stars. Fuck it. Uh, it's a four star for me. Only, only, And it's only because I figured out it was an animal. 
pretty quick. And then I'm like, <laughs> well, I, I know this. So the first hour was like, okay, just let's fucking. Because you, you, if you've seen the trailer, you know it's either a UFO or a creature. So, and, and it, where that sucks is typically, if you don't know this, the directors have no say so over the marketing of their own movies, which seems asinine, but that's completely farmed out to a third party. So, my guess would be if he had his druthers, the trailer wouldn't have shown anything about what was happening other than maybe like some cyclones and some shit, which would have been, this would have made this movie real wild, which I think was his intention. I think they, I think they were like, we got to show something to sell it. And I don't know. I think Jordan Peele can open a movie without fucking showing the UFO. The twist, of course, there is still another twist, which is it's not actually a foe. But I was just like, there's got to be more to it. If they're showing me it's a UFO, there's got to be something more to it. Well, what else could it be? Unless it's a complete Star Wars MCU fake out CGI, which I don't think that they would do. It's got to be an animal. And But I know this movie is good because even though I knew it, basically what it was, the second half was still very thrilling, spooky, creepy, funny, uh sci-fi adventure man versus beast <laughs> sky jaws <laughs> like what if jaws was a jellyfish and he was in the clouds i don't you know and there's a little bit of poltergeist in this movie too and in yeah. fact they even drop a line where it's like because i picked it up early i'm like oh there's some yeah. poltergeist and yeah. then she just flat out one of them says like they're here Angel says they're here yes. <laughs> oh, fuck. come on yeah. jordan i yeah. got it you didn't have to put that in there but I give it a uh, it's a solid four stars. If I could yeah. give it a quarter, I would, but I can't. And it's not quite a four and a half for me, but it's a solid four star film. Really enjoyed it. I think you should go see it. If you're listening to this portion, then you don't really give a fuck. And if you want even more spoilers and a few more days for me to think about this, Lord willing, I will be appearing on the very next episode of Real Spoilers, talking with the crew from St. Louis about Jordan Peele's Nope. So that's going to be exciting. Lady Juan, yeah. you got anything in the immediate future? Nah, just follow me on Twitter. Follow Lady Juan on Twitter <laughs> at the Lady Juan. Yeah. And at Screen Run, screenrun.fun. If you have unsubscribed because you thought the show was pod faded, <laughs> Resubscribe. <laughs> yeah. Resubscribe. Yeah. It'll be here we'll be before you know It'll be here before you know it, and then it'll be over again, and then you'll be left wondering will there be a season four? And nobody will know. No one. No, no one. Not know. a soul on earth will know. <laughs> um, okay. You don't have anything else to plug? No. I don't have anything else to rant about. That's not that's true, it. but <laughs> we can stop anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Until next time, binge lords, binge on. <laughs> <laughs>